one of the students of the Baal Shamtif, his name was Revolf Kitsis. Rabbi Gaines, I think, is a uh, great-grandson of his. So Revolf Kitsis, uh, before he passed away, he told his students that there will come a time before the coming of Mashiach that the darkness will be so great they'll need to ask for a bracha, daven, and give tzedakah, just in order that you should have a munah in a tzaddik. You need to daven, give tzedakah, just you should have a munah in a tzaddik. So his student said to him, this is pretty heavy, I mean, why are you telling us this? So he told them, I'm telling this to you so that whenever there'll be a time, if there will one day be a time that you recognize this, you'll recognize how hard it is to have a munah, you should remember what I told you now, that this is, this is part of the plan, that, this, that there's a time, that's right before Mashiach's coming, that there is such a time where, where a munah is so hard, and I'm telling this to you so that you should be aware of, this, of the challenge that you'll have that time. That's what he said. I think that um, what he didn't say, which is in this sikha, is that the muna you get, though, through davening to ask for a muna, is a higher kind of a muna. Yes, it's, there's a time where a muna isn't natural, and a muna requires davening, but I think what we're getting from the sikha is that, it's, this, for me, the sikha is absolutely incredible, really, really insightful in life in general and what, what's happening in the world. Um, but I think that uh, what, what, what the Rebbe is adding to this Vart and Revolve Kitsis is that the muna you get by davening for a muna is a different kind of a muna. If you remember yesterday, we, we asked about three differences, three distinctions that Kalev has uh, over Yeshua. On the one hand, we find that Kalev um, didn't get the bracha from Meshach Rabbeinu to maintain his faithfulness to Hashem, but he davened for it. Another difference we find between Kalev and Yeshua is after Yeshua's speech, everybody said, let's go kill the good guys. After Kalev's speech, everyone, everyone, was, everyone was listened, everyone was, was impressed by what he said, even the Miraglim themselves. And uh, what was the third difference between them? Anyone remember? Yonatan, you've got your notes. What was the third difference between Kalev and Yeshua? Oh, right. Yeshua's argument was logical. He said they have no more merits. And Kalev's argument wasn't logical. He said, let's take ladders, let's go to the sky. Which one I say, Machom Archai? I don't want to get to get zapped, so maybe we should stop short over there.
So, um, you weren't here yesterday, but um, the Rebbe explains the three distinctions we find between Kalev and Yeshua are connected to each other. Yeshua's emuna and Meshe Rabbeinu came through a bracha. There's a difference between a bracha and a prayer. A bracha is something you're given from on high. A bracha is something which is sent from above. A prayer is something that you work on by yourself. You come to Abish and you daven. The reason why Kali's arguments were more successful in settling the people was because he was a person who was coming from within, from the people, by the people, with the people. He's one of them. He couldn't even have a Muna on his own. He's a Davin for his Muna. His approach to godliness was from a matal amayla, from below to above. It wasn't a gift from on high. And since it was from within, from, from below, that's why his words resonated with the people, because he's talking from within. And what I find fascinating is the third point. that says that, you know why Yeshua only spoke about logic? And Kali spoke about the super-rational, about Moshe Rabbeinu taking, telling them to take ladders to the sky? Because it's specifically the effort that a Yid makes in elevating darkness and being in a situation of darkness that connects him to a higher kind of light of Hashem, and therefore to a higher kind of emunah in Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu will tell us to take ladders and go to the sky, we could do it. Who says that? It's the Baal Shuvah who says that. It's, it's Kali who says that. It's the guy who's dealing with darkness who says that. And Yeshua doesn't say that. Yeshua has a logical tzaddik like Amunah, the Ebishter, the Ebishter. The Ebish makes the sun rise, the Ebish makes the sun set. Kali has this, has this, one second, one second, one second. So Kali has this infinite devotion and Amunah Nashem, and it's earned by, and it's, it's a product of his coming from the darkness. The Abishter desires the work of our hands. So therefore, there's a higher light of Hashem you have access to when, when you are doing what Hashem wants you to do. So because Kalev is dealing with the darkness and fighting with the darkness, that's why his, he affects, he causes a higher light of Hashem to come down to the world. And he's connected to that kind of energy. I don't know if this is... Um, blasphemous or, or not uh, to share this uh, but I heard that Rebbe Rashab said that yeah, various aren't a good thing, but however people who have made, been on the dark side have a greater talent in understanding Chassidus people who have made mistakes have a greater talent in understanding Chassidus so the, the Kalev, his Amuna is a different kind of Amuna, why? because it Yes, there's a, you have a, if you're a Kostil lap player, you get a bracha to have a muna, that's one kind of a muna. But the muna you get by davening Hashem, help, please help me have a muna, that connects you with something, a different kind of a muna, a different kind of Abishter. The Abishter is not just the Abishter makes the sunrise and the sunsets. The Abishter is the one who says the impossible. The Abishter says, pick a ladder to the sky and we could do this. this it's a different, different kind of connection to Hashem that's achieved specifically because of, of the darkness a person is dealing with. He's able to connect to the infinity of Hashem. It's kind of, it reminds me of, yeah, before I go off in another rant, Rebzev, uh, what do you want to say? I'm sorry.
I think what you're asking is, is that it doesn't seem fair. There is, there is a certain um, point that I was making here, Zev, which has more relevance today than it does in the time when you're sitting in the clouds. And the point I was making is, is that when you're in darkness, that which you're describing the darkness, and you're and you're fighting to get out of the darkness, you connect to the infinity of the Abishtim war. The, the infinity of the Abishtim makes more sense with you than when you're in the clouds, perhaps. In the clouds, so then it's more natural and more logical, but. There's something specific that you're, you're gaining, a different kind of connection you have to Hashem when you're dark, dealing with the darkness. And Deb is talking about, Deb is talking about, hold on, Deb is talking about davening to Hashem to have a munah, asking the Ebersha to give you a munah. That, that, that idea of a Yid approaching the Ebersha and trying to connect to the Ebersha, albeit uh, not succeeding in the way of, of, a, of a professional tzaddik, there is something that he is earning in that experience that a tzaddik can never earn. And that's because he has all these challenges that you speak of. It's because of the challenges that he connects the infinity, the infinite light of Hashem. And it's because of two reasons. Number one, as a Levi, uh, you're familiar with the Levim being going from below to above. That's what Levim like to sing, right? That says in the Samindash, they sang out of yearning. So the idea of elevating from below to above. And therefore, the supernaturally infinite are more are more uh, are more relevant when you're talking. Tzaddik's avoda is to bring galus downwards. Is 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 about finding vessels for galus, but about shuvah's avoda is about seeking the infinite, about going beyond his limitations, and therefore he is more he's more uh, in sync with the inf- infinite light of Hashem, and also he brings down the infinite light of Hashem because he's fulfilling God's intent more. So there's something infinite about. Uh, about the guy who's struggling, trying to figure out how to believe in Hashem and asking Hashem to help him have a munah. There's something that he has a different kind of relationship with Hashem that the tzaddik doesn't have and can never have. The ladders to the sky are something that only a Baal can reach. Let's go a little further on page 94. Let's hear the Rebbe breaks it down step by step uh, exactly what lesson we're supposed to take from these, from, the, from the, what your colleague said, and I think it's so relevant to each of us. Listen to this. The lesson from all the above in our Aveda is Every Jew, every place he may be, and every place a Jew comes is because God prepares the steps of man 
He is an emissary of God to transform that place to Israel. In his surroundings in which he is found, it should be noticeable the virtue of Israel. It should be noticeable when in the place that he is in, this Israel-like energy. It says about Israel, God's eyes are always upon the land. God's eyes are upon the land all the time, not only on special days. So that's the kind of environment that we are meant to create. A, a, create an environment where the Abishter's presence is felt. God's eyes are upon the land from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. God prepares the steps of man. From God are the steps of man prepared. Established. This is the source, I think, of the brach we say in the morning. Blessed you, Lord of God, King of the Universe, who prepares the steps of man. Since the Jew knows that God does not play trickery with his creatures, and a Jew sees that many of his friends have been successful. In, in transforming their environments to be that way, seeing his friends do it, they've even been able to transform their environment to be an Israel-like energy, who he believes that he also is able to do it. He says, you know what, the Abish could do this. I could do the impossible like my friends did. I could deal with the giants. Reveal yourself. But the Yitzhahara comes and says to you, that there are unique challenges you have. And therefore you cannot bring proofs from your friends. Your friends did, were successful in their environments because they were dealing with a more of a spirituality prone environment. They were able to bring it into their environment. Every Yitzhahara is has one um, signature uh, talent, and that is he is an expert in what he does. Yitzharas are expert in what they, every Yitzhahara is an expert in what they do, and they find a reason why your specific mission is harder than everybody else's. To one person, Yitzhahara says, your surrounding is worse than everybody else's. To one person, Yitzhahara says, there are giants. Your place is harder than everybody else. Your place has these forces of Gashmias, which are so strong, and there's no way you're going to be able to make any dent on where you are, because you're in a unique situation. Sounds familiar, Zev, that's what you're talking about. To another Jew, the Yitzhahara says, yeah, the Abish could do it, he's not going to do it for you, because you're a lowlife. You don't deserve, God should help you. The Abish could do anything, but he's not going to do it for you. That's, a, that's another kind of person that the Yitzhahara approaches with that argument. To a third person, the Yitzhahara says, that 
The third guy, reckon, I think, is my Yitzhara. The third guy says, yeah, the Eivish could do everything. He'll do it for you too. However, there's just these lousy local conditions that will prevent you from ever getting to the starting line. Just this specific thing that's going on today in your life and tomorrow and whatever, and there's just no way around it. You're just not going to get to the starting point. If you got to the starting point, then the God will help, yeah, but you don't even, you're not even by the line of scrimmage. You'll never get to the line of scrimmage. And therefore, Kalev says to the Jewish people, you have to know there's three things. You have to be aware of three things. brought the man down for us. brought down the quail for us. What is what is Kalev saying with that? Although you have to subjugate your formidable surroundings, it's a huge challenge over here. And although you've made mistakes, and although there are these all these lousy conditions that prevent you, I feel noise. And even if these lousy conditions seem that they're so difficult, that it's impossible to get it done, God always gives you the ability to overcome all the difficulties and to fulfill the mission. How does those three examples tell us this? So you learned this yesterday. Splitting the Yamsuf means the Abisha can make us win any type of impossible, or, or, impossible fight. The Abisha sending... The quail shows that God doesn't just listen to us when we are noble and majestic and holy and devoted and magnanimous, but God helps us when we are lousy and cruel and selfish and self-centered and obnoxious and grimy. The Abisha sends us an extra piece of quail just because we complained and we said we want some quail. So God helps us, helps the undeserving. And then you what about the lousy local conditions? Lousy local conditions, what are you talking about? The Jewish people were on the way to Israel. They weren't in Israel yet. And they, there's no way they can get to Israel. The, the spies were saying that all these nations are on the way. You'll never get there. So Kalev said, one second. You see, God helps us on the way to Israel too. God sent the manna bread. The manna bread isn't for Israel. It's for now. God helps us on the way too. Not, just does, not only does he help us when we get to where we're supposed to get to, God helps us on the way. Those are the three things that Kalev was saying. And then Kalev adds a, first, a, a fourth thing. Zayin, we're page 95. But the Yitzhahar is intelligent. Okay, I want you to say intelligent. He's a smart aleck. And therefore he has smart aleck things to say. And he has a new thing to tell you. It's true. God and a Jew going on a mission of God. God can do anything. Nothing is too hard for God. You're able to overcome all difficulties. But it says when the Jewish people go out to war, the man who is weak hearted, the guy who is afraid, should go back home. God says if you are weak hearted, go back home. Yeah, the Avish can do anything for the guys who go out to war. But some people aren't meant for battle. If you're a weak hearted, the Abisha says, go back home. Because when you, when you go to win a war, you have to go with strength and trust, in absolute trust and victory. 
And since you have a doubt every so often, if you could be successful, it's a hard to go back home. What are you doing? You see you have doubts. You see that, that you're in the category of the ones who are weak-hearted. So go back home. Why are you still going on this journey? You know that it's not meant for you. Whoever has a doubt should go back home. This is the instruction the Kalev gives us. Kalev himself was worried he was going to be seduced by his friends. Kalev had a doubt and he said, am I fitting for this job or not? Kalev was doubtful about himself. He wasn't so cool, he was doubtful about himself. Am I able to do this? And yet, despite the fact that he had these doubts about himself, he did not hold himself back from doing the mission of Moshe sent him on. One second. He went to the oil. He went to the cave of Av Mitzvah and Yaakov. And he davened in a way of, from below to above with his own efforts. He worked hard and davened and he tried to elevate himself. And through this, he influenced. Not only did he influence himself to be safe from the scheme of the spies, he influenced all the Jewish people. Even affected the spies. So they also paid attention to what he said, let's go up to the land of Israel. So Kalev, his personality tells us that even if you're the guy who is so doubtful about yourself being fit for the shlichas, that's meant for you too. And by this approach, not to be affected by the hardships, and not to reckon with any obstacles. As Ramam says, when a soldier goes out to war, he should not think about his wife and about his children. He just put his soul in his hands and give himself over to Hashem. So, in other words, there's no not making any any calculations about how, I don't know how this is going to work, it's going to work, it's not going to work. It's going forward to the Abish wants to make the place you're in a place of Tehr. Eretz Yisrael Baruchnis, to make it a spiritual Israel. Through this will merit that the land of Israel, the Gashmis, the actual land of Israel, it says about it that it's the land of Israel will spread to all lands. So by you making your place a place of Torah, a place of Eretz Yisrael, this will cause the fulfillment of the words of the Gemara, Mashiach will come, and Israel, that the holiness of Israel will spread to the entire world. Yeah. Um, you know what the last point Rebbe is saying? The last point Rebbe is saying is, is that uh, it's different than the point before about you being undeserving. It's not about you being undeserving. It's about you not being wearing 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 the right suit to go out to war. You're you're not suitable because because you doubt whether you're meant to do this. Your doubts you're having it. The very fact you're asking a question makes you unsuitable. So I know a lady was in Yechidus. I shared this with you. She was in Yechidus before she went on a lifelong mission on Shlichus, and she told the Rebbe, "I'm ready to do this mission. Just I'm not sure I believe in God." So the Rebbe told her, "Don't over dramatize." That's what Kalev was dealing with. Kalev had his own question in himself. I know I'm going to get influenced by that. <clears throat> and yet Kalev said, the Meishman told me to do this. 
I'm here. This must mean that I can do this. Otherwise, why did Moshe send me? It must be that I'm able to do this. Huh? What, what did what did Kalev do? So everybody says two points what Kalev did. Number one is he asked God for help. He dabbed and he went to the he went to Amitzin Yaakov. Another thing it says he worked Mumatalamaila. He worked Mumatalamaila means that he tried to inspire himself by uh, let's say in our vernacular, that would mean he, to elevate himself by davening, by learning, like in Staka. He tried to make himself more ruchniistic, he tried to give himself strength. Um, he he el- tried to elevate himself. He tried to put his mind into things which which would lift him up, and yeah, and that's a, and there was one more point which I didn't mention before. Um, in note forty nine, Rebbe speaks about going to the sky, about Kalev saying, "Let's go take ladders, go to the sky," and Rebbe says that the reason why Kalev mentioned that, we said another reason before, but another reason why, why Kalev mentions the reason we said before is because Kalev saw these guys were making up stuff, so whatever. Response is going to give them. They'll make up something new. So therefore, Kalev said, "Doesn't matter what you're going to say. It's it's it's. We can go to the sky." That's the answer according to Pshat. Why Kalev had to mention the ladders to the sky? But there's another point. The other point is, in order to to win the war, you have to put all calculations on the side. You have to give yourself over to Meishe Rabbeinu and the Meishe of every generation. That even if he'll tell you to take a ladder to the sky, then. You'll, you'll be right to do it. And if only with that kind of mindset, I'm right to collide to the sky, only then you'll be, can you be um, successful. And, 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 and then that, that's the point that we made before the end of the Sikh on the note, in note um, 49, that you have to have that mindset, I'm ready to take a ladder to the sky, and then you'll be successful. Are you ready to take a ladder to the sky, no 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 one has ever taken a ladder to the sky by having to think it over a couple more days it's just uh it's just <laughs> it, it sound it's working on a program that's a shame <laughs>